Okay, so now, are you ready to talk about the biggest mistake? The biggest mistake. Yeah. Okay. So, I would say that if, like, in, and I say this by looking back at what we did um, and what I would do differently this time. And I think what that comes down to is we worked with two different adoption agencies. And I think the biggest mistake is that we didn't understand what we were getting from each of them. We didn't understand the service that they were offering. And we made assumptions that were not, especially mm -hmm. in the first one, we yep. made assumptions that were not accurate and added a lot of unnecessary challenge. Right. So basically what happened was I we kind of actually followed the path that a friend of ours had just gone through. I was like, let's just do what she did. She seemed to have a good experience. Yeah. But I think we just didn't know what we didn't know. And so what we signed up for the first time was not an adoption agency. It was a placement agency. And so this is how it's different. A placement agency makes the match and then they're out. So, so it's cheaper. It was cheaper. And that was kind of what we thought. We were like, oh, wow, it's looking like this is a, you know, a more economical route for us. Well, yeah, and one other piece I'll add here, like I'm a do-it-yourselfer, like to a fault. Like I just love doing the thing and I have the firm belief that in most things I can do it better than someone else. Right. And so uh, anyway, so the placement agency, like that that approach of just connect me, I can take care of the rest. Like I don't need you. Like I don't need to pay extra money for that. Like I can change my own light bulb, like type of thing. Um like that it's not thing, changing your own light bulb. No, it's replumbing your house. This is my point. <laughs> this is my point. It's one of those things where, again, if I would have known everything and understood the difference between these different types yes. of agencies, I could have made a better decision. I could have known right. what is the work I'm going to actually have to do versus... Um, yeah. We thought we were getting one thing and we were getting something else. Yeah. And in terms of numbers, like, you know, and this was a little while ago, so these prices might be different, but we paid what? I was going to say, we even worked with a reputable agency. Like it wasn't oh, like yeah. they were. This wasn't a fly by night thing. Yeah. Like it was a good agency. The point is it was just. It was our mistake. We didn't fully understand. That's yes. all. The product that they were selling. Um, but anyway, we paid 18,000. Was that what it was for the oh, first wow. one? We're going into numbers. Okay. Yeah. I want to yeah. get into numbers because some people like have no context and I want to okay. give you context. 18,000 um, for the placement. And that included a video, mm -hmm. right? What do you mean a video? Like when we, they like edited and made the, our video. I mean, Okay, well, I don't They edited the video. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so anyway, they, yeah, they, they did some of, some of that stuff. And, but all of their work was based around making the match. And, of course, we're so glad we went with them in the end because it, it lined us up with the right kid. Yeah. We, we really believe that. But what I didn't realize was that I became the social worker in that uh you have to explain adoption. that so people understand what we're talking about so, here so yeah and i didn't know this until well, here, several months let's into approach it where this a different i was way. like this Hang doesn't on. make any sense let's come back here so the difference the value difference between the placement agency that we went for child one versus the um adoption agency. adoption agency in the second one is the adoption agency they make the connection and then they see you through to the end. And yeah. so they have a team of social workers. They have a, um, a legal team. Like they just have a lot of other things built in yeah, to so, help you all the way to the finish line. So you don't have to find your own lawyer. Mm -hmm. They tell you this is the lawyer in that state that does this. Go to see them. Yep. 
instead of trying to find your own adoption attorney. Well, yeah, and going to do interviews and see if they have the bandwidth and like like. Anyway, yeah. But the biggest issue for us that we ran into was this social worker component that you're talking the about. The social worker component was was a big one, which was that I became the person communicating with the birth mom. Now, this actually was not a problem. Exclusively. This was not a problem in our uh, in our relationship. Like, I honestly think that it was designed by the Lord to do that. But I, yeah, I, I just, I'm trying to think how to say this. Uh, I really valued the time that I got to spend on the phone with her. Like it, it really solidified our relationship. I think it made her feel more comfortable with the type of people that we are and the way we were going to raise her child, essentially. Yeah. But what but normally, was hard about that is that, like, we went to the hospital, and um, her choice was that she wanted, she had her mother in her room with her, and she wanted her stepdad to come meet him and her grandparents to come meet the child after he was born. And so instead of us, so we're just sitting there and instead of a social worker coming and saying the baby's been born, she is going to do X, Y, Z. Instead, it was her mom coming to us and saying, Hey, she really wants her grandparents. It was not a problem. We handled it well. They handled it well, but I just felt I felt so bad for her that that was her job, that she yeah. had to do that. I'm like, that's not her job. She doesn't need to be worrying about that today. And there were multiple things like that yeah. where it's just social awkwardness that a social worker bridges that and buffers that yes. so much better. And to be yeah. honest, again, because we had such a great relationship with her, like it wasn't that big of a deal for us, but not all relationships are that smooth. No. And to well, be able to have someone as a buffer could it, be really valuable. In the second adoption, we needed a social worker. Yeah. And because, we had one. Which was great because, yeah, the social worker walked right into the um, the birth mother's room and had no problem doing that. Whereas if I would have marched in there, it would have been really, really awkward because it was a lot, it was a more sensitive situation. Yeah. So because it worked out so well with, you know, our first one, um, it, it worked out okay. And it was actually, I think, a, a godly benefit of doing it that way. But if it had not been the two of us matched up and a much different situation, that would have been really bad, really fast, and honestly could have shut the entire thing down like that. Yeah. And so that was that's something that I wish I would have known going into it, that there was not a social worker you know, involved or, and even just like having questions, like she had no one to ask questions to except for me and a lawyer who charges $400 an hour. And so, you know, that lawyer's like, oh, sure. You want to talk through, what else do you want to talk through? You know, like, let's talk, honey, keep talking, (laughs) you know, and the, the lawyer wasn't a bad person or anything, but it's like, there's no incentive for them to end the phone call when they know they're just their time's their time's being paid. Well, and you the know? bill's coming to us, too. And the um, bill came to us. So anyway, that kind of sums up our biggest mistake. And I, I would say again, I it's not a matter that one is right and the other one's wrong. It's just knowing what you're getting. Yeah, that's the thing. I wish we would have known what we were getting, mm-hmm. and that we might have made a different decision given that. But yeah. Anyway, uh, so the other thing I'll add here in terms of pricing, just to kind of wrap this up in a bow, because I found this to be really interesting. So again, we $18,000, but then we had to tack on lawyers on top of that. And not just one, but two lawyers. 
because we had to have, since it was interstate adoption, we had to have a lawyer in our state that we were in, which was Missouri at the time, mm-hmm. and then one in Maryland. Um, and so uh, it just, that the extra expenses just kept on adding to well, yeah, that $18,000. Well, yeah, because this was our big mistake. We thought we were done paying when we paid the $18,000. Yeah. We were not. <laughs> we weren't even close. Yeah. And. And again, and God provided and, you know, yes. like it, it was okay, but it's just one of those things that I didn't really know. Now, uh, the other, once we did the second one, went with the mm-hmm. more traditional adoption agency who was more upfront. We, weren't they like 30? Wasn't it like $30,000 or something? Yeah, it was, it was. A, I think it was about well, $30,000, which sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. And most people are going, oh my gosh, 18 to 30. And it's like, well, the $18,000 one ended up costing us at least 30 it was, yeah, probably upper 20s to 30. I don't know if I have the numbers it was, exactly. It was not far off. Yeah. But then the 31, <laughs> what was so interesting about the 31 is they ended up sending us money back, and which I so appreciated. Well, we ended up pay, we ended up, I think they were like, what is your range that you feel comfortable in? We went above what we felt comfortable with, but they said, if you go above, we have a rebate that we believe will be coming to you, assuming that this one particular paperwork goes through. Yeah. Like they have... I don't know. Basically, they take more money and they're like, we don't spend all this. We'll give it back to you. And it's really interesting. I've never experienced anything like this. But from my customer happiness perspective, I cannot tell you how much more fun that was to get a check back, even though it costs a lot more in the front than the first one where it was less. But then it just kept on nickel and diamond, nickel and diamond over and over and over again. So it left us in a very, very different um, spot. Uh, in terms of how we felt mm-hmm. financially and whatever with the company. Uh, one other thing, like, hope you're okay with this, but I'm just trying to dump everything that comes to my mind. Hopefully that, you know, any of you watching this, who this is where you're planning on going, that you find this helpful. Uh, we, we were with MediShare at the time uh, for both of them, mm. and MediShare helped cover a decent amount of cost for it. Um, and there are government programs to help cover some of the costs as well. Mm-hmm. So. Do your homework on that uh, because there are ways to kind of reduce that cost. All right. But I want to get into into these 10 common questions and see if we can start just kind of knocking these out a little bit. Um, All right. So, again, these are some of the most common questions that we've heard and that just keep popping up with adoption. Mm -hmm. So the first one is what are the eligibility requirements for adopting? Okay. Uh, And I don't know the answer to that like fully, but I will say um, I don't remember anything I just don't remember, don't remember like anything, anything being even crossing our minds of like, wait, are we going to be eligible? Like that just wasn't a thing at all. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't, so I don't think we have a lot to add there. But um, so I mean, I, you have to have a home. I, I think they want you to have a home. I think they want you to have a space for the baby. But you can rent. It's not like you have to own a home, right? Yes. But no, like I, they don't want you in a one bedroom apartment, I think is the... Point. And they don't want you to be like, you know, have guns all over the place. You know what well, I mean? Like your guns have to be in a safe. Like yeah, I specifically remember that. If you think through the eligi- eligibility, it's like you have to have a reasonable place to bring a child home to. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I wasn't thinking about it through that lens. But yeah, that's a lot of the home study st- stuff where yes. it's like that's where they're checking your eligibility, I guess I would say. And if you're if you're ineligible, you can change things and become eligible. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like... Yeah, you so lock if you, your guns in a safe. Okay, you're eligible now. You know, or yeah. g- you need to move to a bigger apartment so that you have two bedrooms. Yeah, or of, if you have 14 kids and you're a single mom, like they, yeah, they might, might they not might be have cool some with questions. that. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. 
Uh, but I think a lot of that, unless I'm wrong, I think a lot of that is based on the agency themselves and what they um, feel comfortable with. So it's yeah. probably going to vary. But all right. Question number two. What about legal and custody issues over the child? Um, we experienced just a little bit of this, but not much. Uh, and so, like, we don't we don't have a lot to talk about here. But there, it happens. But like the you know the Hallmark movies where it's like, I'm taking ten my years child later, back. I'm coming back to my child. Like, we talk to them about this because I think everyone's nervous about that, and they said it's just like not common. It's, like, yeah, it makes it's not for a good happen. movie, but there, it's just not yeah, basically. And especially with the way the courts are set up, and um, and and every state is different. That's important to note here too. Like every state has different rules about. Um, how long the birth mother has to kind of change their mind and things like that. And so it's important that you know that and understand that with mm-hmm. the state you're working with. But in general, I think that's just not much of an issue. Yeah. And the anymore. process, as I understand it, is the, the birth mother, she obviously knows <laughs> what's going on and can sign a paper to release her rights saying, I will no longer be legally responsible for this child. I am no longer legally the parent of this child. The birth father, it's not always that simple. It can be, but it isn't always. So uh, what they do, I believe they have to put an ad like in the newspaper or something like that legally. And this is something Something that the lawyer takes. The lawyer takes care of all this to where it's a certain amount of time where the the birth father either needs to be contacted and they can either show up in court and say, no, I don't want this to happen. Or, you know, there's a, there's a few different things that they would have to do to say, I want custody of this child. But if they don't do it, like basically their inaction is their releasing of their rights. Because I think the reason that that happens is because if the, if the birth father is not, if they don't know who the birth father is, you know, or if it's not easy to get in contact with the birth father, that's how yeah. they do it. Yeah. All right. Number three, can the birth mother change her mind? Um, and so like we already addressed this. Yes. Yes. But. And, well, yeah, there's a lot here, but. <laughs> right. Where do you, do you, do you want to go first? So, yes, there is a, there's paperwork. It, every state is different. So there's paperwork that the birth mother can sign. And then I think it's, yeah, some of them, I remember hearing Florida was like you, the birth mother could change her mind for up to 30 days after. I think Tennessee might be like 14. Both of our, what, ours were three and seven, right? Between Maybe. The two, I think. Uh, I think that's a little bit n- normal, three mm-hmm. to seven, that window. I think that's a little bit more common. In Maryland, I remember it was she could not sign the paperwork before a certain time. Yeah, so they forced birth mothers to spend some time thinking about it. Spend some time thinking about it. Um, so the answer is yes and no. Yeah, but the important but thing. Then, but like now, the birth mother can't change her mind. Yeah. Like it's, it's over. The important thing, like once we went to court, like did all the stuff, he is legally ours just as if Linda gave birth to him. Like, well, that that's literally what they say. They say by, you know, accepting this child or whatever, by saying yes to these questions or whatever, it is like the child was born to you. And yep. the birth certificate has our names on it as the mother and father. So there's not any way to have a, for the birth parents to have legal rights over the child. Yeah. Um, 
but the, the important thing I think to know here is that this does happen. Uh, and I think it happens. I don't know percentages. You can talk to the agency about this, but yeah. it happens and it, it happens a happens. decent amount. Yeah. And, you know, happen. we've had I've yeah, we just had some friends not too long ago that went through this. And it's really hard when you spend six months getting the baby room ready and a lot buying of all money the stuff, if all the money. Real. Yeah. Um, and then birth mother gives birth and changes her mind. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really hard. And it's it's e- the truth is, and this is a hard pill to swallow if you're in that situation, but the truth is everyone wants what's best for that child. And if it is to be with the birth mother, then uh, we should be celebrating that. But at the same right. time, like it realistically, if you've been prepping and you've been preparing oh, yeah. getting everything it's ready just, and buying the onesies and like stiper, like, like it's just got to be really, really hard. And we've watched um, a couple people go through that. And um, I love hearing you talk about onesies. Onesies. <laughs> uh, and so anyway, so there's, <laughs> that's just like, and I'm not saying that to scare anyone, but it's important that you know, just so you're not blindsided. Yeah. Um, and I don't, yeah. For sure. That's just one of those really hard things about it is that that is a possibility. Yeah. All right. Number four, how long does the adoption process take? This varies. This varies. I think they said plan about six months for the home study because you well, have to you have to jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah. And it's like you have to go get this blood test done and you have yeah, so that to was all part give of, them your tax forms from the last two years. Did they say six months for all that stuff? They said to expect six months and we wow. were like, I we're going to get six a- weeks. Oh, I think six months. <laughs> I was months. way off. I said like six weeks on the paperwork, but I oh, think what you're saying is right. I think it's right. six months. Home study, well, I think paperwork, we got all the it done a little yeah, bit yeah. quicker because we were really motivated and we were we didn't have any other children at that point. It was just you and me and we could move quick. It was like yeah. we're the type of people that once we decide something, it, it happens real quick. We're yeah. like, hey, should we re- should we rearrange? Yeah, let's do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so should we take down the cabinets in the kitchen? Let's do it tonight. <laughs> all right. Okay. So home study stuff takes a plan for six months. Six months. After yeah. that, in terms of placing, I would say six to 12 months with most agencies. Is yeah, that I think that's right? fairly common. Um, and I think what that's were we? That's a ballpark. You're going to have to talk to the agency to get a better yeah, yeah, look yeah. at it. Uh, I, th- I would say in our case, we were, what, five or six months for first one and mm-hmm. three months, four months for the second? Five. Five, yeah. Right. So both of those fell into that. The, the Part of the reason we went with the second agency, too, because all agencies are different. The second agency we went with, and we should get the names of these, um, especially the second one. Um, was that one American? Yeah, that was American okay. Adoptions. Angel Adoptions was a placement agency. Okay. So, and I think they're a little bit more geographically narrow, right? Yeah. But anyway, so Angel and Adoptions is who we did the second one with, who we had the better experience with. It was whatever. If you've been listening, you're following along. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, part of why we picked them at the time, they had a shorter average um, connection yes. window. I mm-hmm. think they averaged like nine months or something, which was a little bit less than yeah. a lot of other ones we saw. Uh, but at the same time, there are some people who will be on the list for three years. And part of it is your criteria for a child. And so if you are only looking for a Caucasian child, like it's going to take longer than if you're open to any race Mm -hmm. Um, and a whole bunch of other things like that. Mm -hmm. Like there are ways to move down the path faster, but it's important to know that. um, Yeah. 
And the other part of this too is, and I, I hate to use this terminology and kind of put this in this perspective, but there is a marketing aspect of marketing yourself as a couple that has a big impact sure. on how long you wait. Because at the end of the day, you have someone on the other side of the table deciding if they want to place their child well, with it's, you. It's really, can they find a connection point with you? Like that's yeah. really what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. So, so anything you can do to, you know, take your best pictures. Don't, yeah. don't get pictures that are weird and where you're making weird faces or, you know. And I also would say, be really honest. Like don't pretend to be something or interested in something that you're not. Like be who you but actually also are. Show what you are interested in because that yeah. will connect you with somebody better yeah. than yeah, yeah. than a neutral profile would. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. What are the costs associated with adoption? Yeah, we talked about that a good bit. Um a lot. Yeah, I feel like it's we've a covered lot. that a lot. It's a lot of yeah, money. it's a lot. But again, just reiterating, this was a private adoption. If you're like, I don't have five hundred dollars to spend on this, then look into the foster care. Go down that path. There is a cost for uh, the home study. But if you're going to foster, it might be different. Yeah. In that world, we haven't done. So we yeah. don't know much about that. But like the foster to adoption thing, we've had multiple friends who have done that um, with good success. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They had great, great uh, experiences. All right. Number six, can I adopt if I already have biological children? Uh, I think the answer yeah. generally is yes. The only thing that I remember uh, about all this is um, one of the uh, agencies we talked to said that they no longer will allow you to adopt a child that is older than your, your biological, biological children because they've just noticed a pattern of this they causing friction in the household. Well, they want the oldest child to be the one who already knows the rules. I mean, it's kind of, ugh, I don't even want to say this. Never mind. It's kind of the idea of the oldest child should be setting the rules. So if you are going to be fostering a child, they want it to be in birth order of when that child comes into your home. So that was one of the things. Um, but yeah, we adopted with zero children and then we adopted with one child and um yeah there was not we didn't have any problems with that yeah okay uh number seven what is the role of birth parents in the adoption process um i feel like we talked about that we mostly. talked about that yeah they the the birth parents the birth mother in particular is in charge of choosing the family that the child will go to yeah and then it yeah i mean until the birth mother or birth parents release their rights they make the decisions in the hospital. So uh, the, our first adoption, the birth mother and I were talking so much that... Um, she was I asking mean, you about it, shots and stuff, right? She was asking me about shots. Like she was, she let me make every single choice or let us make every single choice, which was awesome. With the second one, we didn't have that as even an option. So she made all those decisions until we got there and we were like, okay, we're going to take over making the, the decisions. And yeah. actually, that hospital did not like us, and so we uh, we didn't really get to make any decisions until we left the hospital. That's a whole other story. We're not going to get into it today. In the middle of Podunk, Alabama, uh, would not. Um, well, let let's me, just say this: they, they would not let me hold my baby um, without 
scrubbing, scrubbing down up, like we were going into like a, surgery. Into surgery, like washing my all the way up to my elbows, putting, putting on, on a, gown. a full gown, like to hold our baby. And this was not 2020. This is pre 2020. Like, and. I'm and like, what one is of the going people on here? There said we just started allowing adoptions, which I was like, allowing. I don't that those phrase yeah, that phrase anyway. doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, um, I love so Alabama. Was, Alabama's close and awesome, but that hospital, Alabama. man, <laughs> I will not be going back that there. That was a weird. We had we had some really amazing nurses, and then we had some really weird ones that we worked yeah. with. I mean, such is life, right? That is uh, part of life. All right. Number uh, eight. How can I prepare emotionally oh, for adoption? You pray. You just pray, 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 yeah, pray, pray, pray. Absolutely. Pray. And I would say the other thing is um, as much as humanly possible, be open-handed mm-hmm. and loose, trusting the Lord's timing. And yep. and I and this is so much easier said than done, but being in a situation like we didn't, um, we had something come up in the first adoption where once we started the path, it was starting to look like this isn't going to happen. And, um, and it was really challenging on both of us. Uh, and I think because we had decided and grabbed hold of it, we're like, oh, yes, this is happening. And then like being forced to let go of it was very, very challenging. And, um, you know, and I think if you're in a situation, yeah, there's just having a loose, light hand on it as you go through I think would be really, really helpful. Yeah. Although I know it's not easy. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. How does the adoption agency match children with families? Yeah. Um, so basically the birth mother will say, I'm looking for a family like this. And she will, you know, that or the sports, birth parents. Yeah. That loves dogs, that whatever. Right. I mean, I think possibly um, religion comes into that because I think mm-hmm. that's that was something that was interesting. Um, our birth mother was interested in that. So uh, that's something to that. That's the reason why you want your personality to be infused into your profile is because that that's going to help them go. Oh well, this this family does this kind of stuff. Yeah, this it gives family them a does handle. This. Yeah. Um. So that will actually connect you better. Uh. So at that point, they'll they'll choose profiles. They'll show them to the. Adoptive or the, well, sorry, the birth. Real quick, let me come back on this a little parents. more because I think what you're saying there, because yeah, a lot of these agencies have stacks and stacks of profiles from potential adoptive parents mm-hmm. and they need something, like I was saying, this handle They've thing. they got to do a filter, yeah. They have to figure out which ones because they're not going to give a birth mother like 500 of them at once. No, no, no. Like uh, the ones we went through gave them like three at once. And so they got to go to this big stack and filter these down and hand three to the birth Mm -hmm. mother. So again, having the unique things about you that make you stand out and not just be vanilla like everyone else is actually good. It works in your favor. Yeah. And part of it is um, first come, first serve. And I I mean, I I hate to say that, but it's like if, if there's a family that's been waiting for six months, you know, for a match then they're more likely to show that profile, right? So like if if you have signed up yesterday and your criteria don't match or, you know, maybe your criteria match what the birth mother will be looking for, but there's 10 other ones that have been sitting on the shelf for, you know, (laughs) for six months, then you're going to be shown last, you know? Yeah. Uh, But it will eventually filter down to you. Yeah, and I'm sure every agency has a different way how they process that and work through that. But in general, I think that'd be helpful for you to know. Yeah. So then they show to the birth, 
mother or the birth parents, and then they will choose from there. They'll either say, I just didn't really connect with any of these. Do you have any more? And they'll just go through until they find someone. Uh, or, yeah, I think that's it, right? They'll, they'll just go through until. And so then they'll say, we would like to have a conversation with this family. Um, so that was when we had a conversation early on. Like, we really didn't go through this much, which was interesting. But we just had a conversation. Like, that was the very beginning of, like, trying to see if our personalities matched up, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what the birth mother was looking for is like, do our personalities match up enough that I can talk to this person for the next however long? Yeah. And that's another point to make is that just because um, in our case, we did talk to her a whole bunch. I, I don't, that's not always the case either. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be that. It might not be that for you, right. even if you want that. <laughs> like you, it, it's going to be dependent on the birth mother and the agency to some extent on how that kind of happens and what happens there. Mm -hmm. uh, and one other thing along these lines, in terms of open and closed adoptions, um, like we don't, both of our adoptions are technically open, but again, like we said, our second birth mother, like we haven't talked to since, like we've sent her emails for the first few years, um, once a year, which is kind of like contractually what we agreed to. Uh, and we never got any response, so we're not even really sure. Yeah, so we don't even know if, if she's, she's got them. Like yeah. that's just kind of what it comes so, down to. But, but again, you have to go back to how is she processing this? You know. And but point is, like, um, I think open adoptions are way more common now, right? I don't think remember? they suggest closed at all. I, I think they're kind of like, no, it kind of needs to be open because that's this what is, most people want. This is really interesting because there's different opinions about this, and we don't need to get into it now. But point is that no, both of our adoptions are open, and uh, yeah, I think they're very different experiences. Yeah, we'll say that. Okay. All right, number ten. Final question here: How do I start the adoption process? Which Ken already talked about as well. Yeah. Um, what I would do, uh, again, like. Uh, you need to get a home study. That's well, the very first thing. You need to go find an agency, don't you think? No, I think, a, well. Because that's part of Either it. or, but I think a home study would be the first thing I would do because it's boots on the ground. Like you have to meet with this social worker in person and they can kind of guide you to an adoption agency. A lot of times the agencies will also do home studies, but not they don't all. So if you find an adoption agency, they're going to be like, well, you need to go get your home study. I guess you could do it either way. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, again, the agency that we used, if you're looking into this, um, was American Adoptions. That was the uh, one we did. The placement agency, again, we explained some of that, but do your homework to fully understand. Mm -hmm. uh, what did we say that was? I forgot what it was called. The placement agency? Yeah. Uh, Angel. Uh, Angel Adoptions. Angel. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what states they work in, so... But yeah, you can also use Google here and look for agencies in your state. Like that would be a good way to kind mm -hmm. of get started. But I would just call them, start having conversations, asking questions that we weren't able to answer here mm -hmm. um, and uh, go from there. But yeah. uh, let's pray Yeah. for um, we, like I said, we, this oh, is a... gosh, there's so much more we should talk about. I know, but <laughs> we got to wrap up at some point. Um, but God, I just pray oh, for gosh. anybody listening to this who is considering going down this path. Um, I pray that you would reveal to them, help them get excited, reveal to them how beautiful and wonderful this is. And even though we pointed out some of the challenging things that, um, you know, because I want everyone to know this, like mm -hmm. the reality is, is I, we have not had bigger blessings than what's come from these two adoptions. And I'm so personally thankful for it. I'm so thankful that we got to do this and we had this opportunity. And I, I pray that just 
um, more and more people would have this opportunity to be able to do it because yes. it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Anything else? So, yeah, the last thing I want to leave with is uh, we are the church. And, uh, yeah, I think that there is a lot of misunderstanding around, well, you don't know what you're going to get. And that bugs me so much (laughs) because it is also true that when you give birth to a biological child, you don't know what you're going to get. And we've watched it happen in the church even where, you know, your, your kids don't always act the way you want them to act and they don't always follow the path that you want them to follow. And so I just want to just kind of get rid of that and remind us all that, can you look up that scripture really fast? Pure and undefiled religion is this. Uh, to care for orphans and widows, okay? This is a mandate, like straight out of the Bible, telling us that we should care for orphans. And I do not want James 127. There you go. I do not want whatever that is, some sort of, outsider opinion that you're not even really sure where it came from or if it's true at all to deter you from doing what the Bible says. Do I think everyone is supposed to adopt? No, I don't think that that's, you know, necessarily true. Almost, but no. (laughs) Almost, but no, but I do think that I I wish that, you know, I I had one person say to me, well, no offense, but I just want to have my own kids. And I was like, I actually do take a lot of offense to that because the Bible did not tell us to just go down the easiest path. Like even children who, let's suppose that that is true in some cases, because I'm sure it is, who come into our lives that need the extra care. The church, the people, like the body of Christ, we are the ones who are supposed to be doing this. And it bugs me so much that we're looking for the easiest way out and the easiest path to having children that we refuse to take on other people's problems because it's just inconvenient and I I just don't have it and, you know, whatever else. So that's my last thing that I want to say that I'm really, I really just feel like we've got to watch how we're talking about this because it is a mandate from God for us to be caring about orphans in lots of different capacities, yes, but part of that is adoption. And I do not see the church adopting on a level where, that I think is appropriate. I feel like there should be a whole lot more. There, there was this one organization, I forget what they're called, America's Kids Belong, And their whole thing was to go to different states and partner with churches because what they said is if one church out of one or if one family from every church in the state would adopt a child out of foster care or just foster a child, the foster care system would be empty. There wouldn't be any kids in there. And that is family per church. That is just like that blows my mind. And it also kind of makes me a little bit sad and disappointed because I feel like we are just, well, I don't want a child in my home who's been through da, 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 da. And it's like, well, where in the Bible does it say to do that? Where in the Bible does it tell you to play it safe and to not help these children who need the help? So anyway, I know that that was a little bit intense, but I really do feel so strong about it. And I just think that it's good. We just have to get it out of our mind that 
uh, we don't know what we're getting. Yeah. We don't, you don't know what you're going to get. God does. God does. And he knows the right family for the right children. And we have to trust him enough to take chances on stuff that we don't know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. also there's grace for that. Like there's grace for that. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I'm done. That's my, that's how I want to leave it. That's your soapbox. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, send this Do to it. someone who needs it. If yes. you know someone who's considering adoption, um, I wish we would have heard this conversation. I know. This is really, really, really wish we would have heard this we conversation. Are, we are really helpful. I, yeah, I hope I hope some of you are getting helped by this as yeah. much as we would have been. But yeah. um, anyway, that's all for today. Yep. Be a blessing. See ya. So if you liked this episode or just our podcast in general and you want to hang out with us more, what about for six weeks in a row with your small group or church? Yeah, we'd love that. That we sounds fun to us. So if that is interesting to you, just head over to seedtime.com slash true and to get all the details of how we can do that and how we can serve your small group, serve your church, or also just send us a message on Instagram at seedtime or send me an email, bob at seedtime, and we can chat. 